Shafi. Ahoy, ahoy. Are you there? Here I am. I like that, that every day is like a, a phone call that <laughs> you're not quite sure if the line connected. Yeah, I was struggling. I was struggling to get here. Ahoy, Rangers! You need to turn, turn, you need to turn those drops up. Turn them up. How are you today, my friend? Uh, I'm doing just fine. Doing downright, downright well, I'd say. Ahoy, sailor! Did you say downright swell? Down, I said downright well, yeah. Oh yeah, that's great. I like it's, to that. It's so nice and nice and just a tad chilly outside. Oh man, I put on some wool socks. I I love it when I can bust out the wool socks. I uh. They sit fallow for like six months. I actually wear wool socks all year round. Do you? Do you? I, I definitely switched to cotton for the. Uh, I find even in the summer they breathe well. Uh huh. Well, maybe I'm doing it wrong, like everything else. Uh, uh, yeah, I went to sleep last night with all the doors in my house open. Ooh, wow, fresh air. Yeah. Yeah, I really prefer moldy, recirculated air. Just your house is probably slightly cleaner than mine. <laughs> I don't know. I think we've got an issue with our HVAC system, really. Like, we we have some mold issues. Our house is poorly insulated. Um, but my house, yeah. my house needed a global pandemic air out. Let me tell you. It, yeah. <laughs> I bet there's a lot of them out there like that. <laughs> right. No doubt. Well, I came totally unprepared. Well, that uh, makes this just like any other day, doesn't it? Good, 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 yes. Um, you know, I had mentioned the Duncan Trussell Midnight Gospel program the other day. Yeah. Um, and I realized that I had only seen a few episodes. So last night I went back and continued and I watched episode five with a guy the the guest was a guy called Jason Louv. I'm not sure if you pronounced that right. Uh, he also has a podcast, um, and it was it was really a great great episode uh, all, all about Buddhist thought. A lot about a lot about Buddhist thought and how it diverges from Hindu uh, traditions, and you know really. Uh, an interesting look at the at the lack of self <laughs> like there is no you really will you email me the names of these podcasts because I everything, everything's emptiness I'd like to check them out but there's no way I'll remember them through the uh... well you have a recording here that's true. I could just go back. And... <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and then I was listening to Duncan Truffle talking to Joe Rogan um, in in one of his very last podcasts in L.A. It, it's a it's a five hour podcast. Just just Duncan and Joe chopping it up for five hours. I feel like you and I kind of go on, go on, go on and on. Oh, I, I feel like we're coming in at just the right uh, distance and speed. Yeah, actually, that's not true. I usually I could usually talk for a little longer. <laughs> Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know, but. Well, I feel in the last couple of times, like I've had, actually had something to get to. Yeah. Um, and that might, that might still be the case. I don't know. <laughs> I think there's always, excuse me, there's always things to get to. Joe Rogan has moved here officially, I think. Uh, his first podcasts, uh, in the new Austin studio have come out. The first guest being Adam Curry. MTV VJ. Coming up tomorrow, Governor Greg Abbott will reveal a new legislative proposal to protect police funding in cities all across Texas. This comes as the groups opposed to slashing Austin's police budget. Make sure everyone knows how they feel about it. Oh, I was like, is he playing that? Because that's, that's the new story that I came with today oh it was it was somehow me you just hang out on cave view whether you pause the video or not eventually they're just gonna play for you okay yeah well that's not very helpful i'll get off of that link i apologize boy i really tipped my hand there let's talk about that later in the podcast big doings down austin way lots going on in austin but bigger story though, Joe Rogan has moved to town and the first episodes have come out in the studio, Adam Curry, MTV VJ. Oh yeah. Caught right up to speed. Um, you know, Adam Curry is the pod father. Yeah. You know, do you know why I knew that? Uh, From Joe knew Rogan that last because, because Brian Benitez's daughter is good friends with him. What? Yeah. Brian Benitez's daughter is a model and Adam Curry's wife is a photographer and they have a close working relationship. And Brian Benitez's wife, Tiffany, was a huge fan of Headbangers Ball on MTV back in the day. So Devin got a... got Adam Curry to send Tiffany like a voice a video message that I got to see. I was really excited. I was a big Headbangers Ball fan too. Sure. So uh, yeah, and so and uh, they're the ones who explained to me that Adam Curry was on the front end of the podcast, uh, the podcast thing. So here's to Adam Curry. Wow. Well, he and he lives in Austin. I didn't know that. You, you didn't? Or you did, did not, no. Yeah. So Adam Curry also lives in Austin. 
the, the first two guests were Austin people, which has me a little concerned for Joe because uh, are people really going to want to fly here to podcast? Like, isn't it easier when you're in LA and people just can drop by? Well, I don't know if you knew this, but you can podcast in two different places. <laughs> well, it seems that Joe is abandoning LA. Like, I mean, that's, he, he was talking about getting out and like moving the family here and, uh, um, but th that's but none of that is the real story. I am excited about that, and I, you know, I'm I'm curious about the location of the studio and all sorts of things like that. Uh, if we have any listeners who know where Rogan's studio is, uh, call in. Yeah, know. by all means, let's uh, get to the bottom of this. Five one two seven nine one two zero. Or Joe, if you happen to be listening to it, uh, just email us your address. Yeah, that'd uh, be helpful. What's our email address again? Oh, uh, Jafee at uh, onemagicalhour.com. Yeah, something like that. Um, the real story here is that the fans hate the look and feel of the new studio. Wow. Uh, it's being panned online, which Joe says that he doesn't read any of the comments, so nothing's going to change. But uh, and I was really a little weirded out by it too. The studio in LA has like a a real open room feel. I think it is in sort of a large room, and. Uh, Joe is backed by bricks, and the guest was backed by a velvet curtain. In the most recent iterations, changed over the years, but this is like a futuristic red. It's it it's like a futuristic red spaceship, but like at a carnival. It's like a carnival ride idea of what a futuristic red spaceship would look like. People don't like change of any kind. They'll get over it. You think they'll get used to it? Yeah. Sometimes they forget the way the way they are used to things being. They'll get used to this one, and then if you change it again, people will be all pissed off all over again. Wait. Well, I, I personally think that uh, that's some exciting news. The second guest was Ron White. He's who is another sometimes Austin resident. Who is Ron White again? Uh, Ron White is a comedian. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. He's a gentleman, drinks bourbon right. on stage. Honky asshole. Maybe. <laughs> Were you talking to me or Ron White? <laughs> you could apply to any number of people we've been discussing today. Right, right. Or either of the people doing the discussing. <laughs> right. Well, what else is going on? Uh, some news that, you know, might alienate a large swath of our listeners. Well, we're already there. <laughs> uh, first day of the football season. Uh, I think one of the most significant thing about that news is, I, you know, 
I wasn't insured until today that even that there would be a football season. So I am shocked and I guess pleased as well. Yet I still participated in three fantasy football drafts. <laughs> Draft whether, whether, oh no. Wait, wait. Whether or not the season was gonna start, you were ready. I was ready, yeah. I wasn't gonna miss out. You know, it's the I don't do that much gambling anymore. So <laughs> I gotta get my yayas where I can. So I'll all of those are money leagues. Yeah. Or wait, yeah, I, and I'm not really in this realm. I don't really play in this space. Um, are all fantasy football leagues money leagues? No, they don't have to be. And in fact, the one that the one that I operate because I'm not very organized was kind of. It started out as a money league, and then that kind of went away. Uh, but what we what we've started doing with that. The other, the other two leagues I'm in are more traditional, just pay the money at the beginning and, you know, various percentage of it get paid out to the winner. Uh, what we, we did this year for our league is the person who's in dead last has to pay the person who's in the number one position uh, $40. And then the person who's second to last place pays the second place person $20. And that's it. Oh, I like that. I and, like that's low risk. You could, yeah, you could linger mid table for years, and, and never. yeah, and now you know, not worry about it. The well, other benefit is, you know, that you have those games at the end of the season that don't really matter for the people in the bottom bracket. Well, now you like you want to, <laughs> you want to even win that very last game that could mean that you're that you end up at the bottom or second to last. You know, that's the difference between 20 and 40 bucks for you. Uh, and then uh, the other thing is that if I, if I get disorganized and, you know, forget that I can just pay the people, you know, it's not that big a deal for me to just pay 60 bucks to just pay it out myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a really healthy way to handle it. I, you know, know thyself, they say, for better or worse, I do. Have you... Can't, have you, can't seem to get rid of myself. Have you done that in the past? Just, oh, what's that? Have you done that in the past, just to handle the payout yourself? Yeah, I think I have, yeah. I've done all sorts of things. You know, but I've also done good commissioner stuff, like make t-shirts and send them out to people and I only did that once, but that's one more time than any of my other league league commissioners have made t-shirts for their league. Well, I know that people really enjoy their fantasy football. I think we decided it's the 10, it's ours is the TX ATL FFF, the Texas and Atlantic fantasy football federation. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> I believe we decided that this is the 10th year of the TXATL FFF. Wow. So Mazel Tov. Wow, that's amazing. That's great. <laughs> I enjoy football. I just don't really participate in fantasy football. Um, I enjoy it a little less every year, it seems, but you know, that's 
that that drift off is starting at a very high point and i used to like it a whole lot so if i like it a little less every year i mean i still kind of like it <laughs> maybe you're getting it into perspective yeah yeah that's exactly right because that's my problem with something like that is is i i can't keep it in perspective i did i did the fantasy uh premier league soccer for a bit I recall at a time really I got into it at a time where I just wanted to know the league better. And, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of, of Chelsea, but, uh, I, I'm, it's not like my home team or anything. Really the reason I don't do fantasy NFL is because I, I like to root for the Cowboys and I don't want to be rooting for, uh, <laughs> somebody else's wide receiver to make a touchdown so uh, i've always enjoyed finding reasons to root for any team like my brother and i have had a long tradition of just kind of arbitrarily deciding we like or don't like coaches <laughs> like, like i have a long feud with the shanahan's um yeah join we, the we all collectively hated mike tice for some reason <laughs> And then, and then they moved to different. So, like, you might like love a team, love the Jaguars because you love Jack Del Rio, and then Jack Del Rio moves to the Raiders. So suddenly, you like the Raiders, and, you know, and then you know, Kyle Shanahan coaches the San Francisco Forty ers now, so I have to hate them. Um, that seems convoluted. It is, it is completely convoluted, yeah. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Well, when I participated in a, a fantasy sports league, I, I just absolutely could not keep it in perspective in terms of how bad, how bad I wanted to win, <coughs> in terms of how bad that I want a player to do well or not do well. That, uh, uh, and that, just that whole process of – uh, choosing your players ahead of time and you know you'll cut somebody and they'll have a great performance or you thought about bringing somebody over and have a great performance or uh, I find that all pretty maddening and uh, Jameson got me back into that after I had stepped away for a while and he was like come on man it's it's a game dude it's fun <laughs> and I did it like one more year and I was, again, I was not able to keep a perspective. I would have dreams about the interface. <laughs> you know, the names of players would like be on my mind in, in, in deep, dark places, you know, suffering in a catacombs, locked away in a dungeon. And you're just like, God, I hope Peyton Manning has a good game, you know. I don't know. I, I had to. I had to stop. Know thyself. The universe is a dark place. I'm trying to make it brighter before I die. Is that Lego Batman? <laughs> it's from Mass Effect too. <laughs> oh boy, there's a there's an obscure drop for you. For all you Mass Effect fans, I know there are some Mass Effect fans out there. It's a big big franchise, but. Um, I noticed on that one-on-one soundboards that there's a lot of video game drops. Uh, this must be easy to source, right? 
my friend Alex Battles is like you. I remember I asked him to be in our league, and he was like, oh, no, I can't do that again. (laughs) 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 What? It's it's a game, man. I have have that exact same thing like it. It's like, that was one of the worst years of my life. Heard me, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's... What's sick about it is that no one cares. I mean, maybe the other guys in your league care a little bit, but maybe they're just having fun playing a game. (laughs) No one really cares. That's absolutely true. And that's not true. Look at your roster, and I'd say at least 60% of those guys care a lot. And maybe 30% are having trouble sleeping because they care. Guys, like, I mean, don't, like, in, on some level, don't you, you lose, you lose some game you're playing all the time in this life, right? Like, sure. but, you know, whether you lost, you know, the game of getting to work on time or, you know, you lost, you know, you're not making as much money as your next door neighbor or whatever, man, you know, like, does, do those things drive you crazy or, you know, like, I don't look at life with nearly the same amount of like desire to win or lose as I do a game like that for bragging rights. I I wasn't even playing for money here. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I wanted to, I I will say that it, it, it was against, I was trying to beat someone in particular who he and I had a, a massive rivalry. I okay, yes, this okay, this is starting to. So, stop. so the bragging rights between my the, me and this person, intense, <laughs> and that was that was a big part of my desire. But there's another aspect of the fantasy thing where it's so out of your control. Like I, I'll play a game where it's a game of skill and I'm, I'm doing something. I'm, I'm a, a billiards game or a disc golf game or something where I'll bet on myself because I have a lot more control over it. But in, especially in a fantasy sports league, I mean, sports is, we watch sports because anybody could have a good day or a bad day. And you think somebody's going to have a good day. And so you pull them over and put them on as your captain. And then they, I don't know. I don't know. Listen, it's a sickness, but nobody yeah. else. I got, I stepped away from it. And I'm felt- trying to understand it, and that you know that specific rivalry you're talking about between that one other person, the fact that you were able to make it that personal, that starts to make more sense to me. Well, uh, and then, and we started out with a little league too, and and over the course of the years, it just it broke down, and it was just he and I, because <laughs> it's a two man league. Um, so this was Premiership Soccer then, but but then but, but then that went away, and then Jameson drew me back in, and this was Premiership Soccer, and Jameson drew me back in, and even against Dicky and you and Jameson, I still I still found myself wanting to be at the top of the table or just or devoting thought to it was really the issue. Like there are so many things that I want to think about and having to pay such close attention to the to statistics. Listen, I'm a sports fan. I like sports. I like watching sports. I like playing sports, but I've never been like a, like a, 
a card collector statistics kind of person, you know, like, I, and, and, but to do well in that, you do have to pay attention to what's going on with the teams. But luckily there was that uh, review show. They used to have like a, a half hour or an hour review show that showed you all the highlights of all the games of the premiership over the weekend. And if you would watch that, you could get a sense of who was in form and, and maybe soccer is different too than football, but like, you know, you have, you're, you're playing well and you're playing bad. And those things don't usually like stair step from game to game. They kind of go on a trend, you know, and if you watch those trends, you could do well. But then I got in with Dickie and his buddy and they were just using spreadsheets and algorithms and that was no fun. You know? Oh yeah. Those, yeah. Those they, guys. Weren't, they weren't doing it on, uh, on like, you know, sniffing out trends and hunches <laughs> um, so he has a system where he uses like information from bookies in england to, like because like the bookies will uh you can bet on like the daily likelihood that some player will score so he'll go and look and if if somebody's a heavy favorite to score then he'll change this is mind-blowing uh, mind blowing what he can do. Are you still there? I am. I am. I'm just disgusted with my <laughs> disgusted with myself, my inability to keep things in perspective. But look, if you can't keep something in perspective, you just step away. Exactly. That with any good advice. Are you excited that the Texans are? leading off the season there uh yeah i am uh is that on nfl network or is that on no that'll be on regular tv you'd think i mean there's nothing else to broadcast <coughs> excuse me <clears throat> this uh this blue norther we had blow through seems to have Left me feeling a little chesty. The weather, that's not good. Yeah, it's not chesty. chesty LaRue. A little chesty McChesty over here. Yeah, how often does the first cold front coincide with the first day of the football season? That's auspicious. The change in the weather. I mean, September 1st. Like the last two weeks of August were brutal. September yeah. first was a cloudy day, and then there was a few days of rain, and there was a little, there was some more heat, but it didn't. It wasn't like, but it had been before. And then now we got a full-on cold front. Yeah, but there are some years when this kind of cold front won't come till the end of October. So for sure, we're really lucky. I've, I, I am feeling fortunate. I hope that it doesn't totally reverse course there's also those times when it's yeah when it's october 15th and uh, don't don't get me wrong we're still gonna have some hot humid days that's we're not done with that sure i don't believe just a little taste of bellingham weather but it's nice you know if you look at the seven day forecast you see a lot more 90s than you see 97s and that's refreshing Big difference between 90 and 97. There is. 
I was telling my brother about your thing about <laughs> temperatures just cooler outside than it is in your body. <laughs> wow. People don't consider that. Yeah. There's that breaking point around 97. Yeah. Well, we talked about me bringing local news stories to this forum. Bring it. Bring it. I've done it, but you know, you've already you've already had the foreshadowing. Coming uh, up tomorrow, Governor Greg Abbott. Cave you and their and their jerky autoplay. Yeah, a little, little former forward promo. Nothing wrong with that. Well, the Texas Municipal Police Association, the TMPA, which everybody's just terrified of the TMPA. Uh, they have purchased two billboard ads in the Austin area warning drivers to enter at your own risk after the city council voted to defund the Austin Police Department, reallocating approximately $150 million from its budget. Jesus. The billboard state warning, Austin police defunded, enter at your own risk, exclamation point, hashtag back the blue. And the mayor jumped in and he said, well, listen, it was 150 million, um, but really they're, they're 21 million uh, for reinvestments. Uh, there's 80 million uh, for decoupling, uh, which funding departments currently under the umbrella of police that council members think should be run by other agencies. Okay. That includes like the 911 call center, the forensics lab. Yeah. Traditional policing units like internal affairs and special events unit. Okay. That's just. Makes sense. Yeah. And then there's 48, 9 million. That's just for reimagining and that won't even happen immediately. So it's, it is really not as a stark, uh, a change. The, the, the reinvestments are money that it would have been used for cadet classes, overtime, filling officer vacancies. Some equipment will instead be used to hire more paramedics, mental health response teams, and a slew of social services from workforce development to housing services for the homeless. So, so exactly what most people want. Yeah, they're just exactly what the voters want. The people you serve are asking for because the system was not working. Take out billboards like it's like a bunch of children. Like it's pretty. <laughs> things aren't going the way we like them. We're mad. Yeah. Are they writing on bathroom walls too? I mean, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess they're just, you know, doing whatever they need to do to. All right. You know, I get it. They feel attacked, but let's talk about some other people who have felt attacked over the years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I, this all plays into the sort of um, Austin haterade around Texas, um, which I really wasn't aware of until, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. But boy, there's a real anti-Austin sentiment in other parts of Texas. Well, you know, 
that's about 10 years ago is when the is when the differences became more pronounced right you know and so the us versus them increased and the idea that oh you know if you're liberal intellectual you must think you're better than everybody and you know if you're if you're if you're a republican you also have to you know well the republicans are you know the god-fearing hard-working honest among us yeah that's red team blue team is liberal elitist yep hippie uh I like I enjoy when people use the word liberal like a slander. And you know, when I'm out with my, you know, when I'm out in San Saba, which is you know about as rural Texas as you can get, where my dad lives, you know, I I meet people who are just fine with the fact that I'm from Austin, who are just fine with the fact that I might have you know left of center political views. Now, part of that might be the people that my dad hangs out with, but there are people out there who don't worry about whether you're from Austin or not, and, you know, we'll have a like conversation with you no matter what your political leanings are. Um, so it's important to remember that all of this stuff is magnified by uh, social network news and and the real news too um but i agree with you it, it is also a reality just a sad reality and nobody's exactly sure what to do about it just uh the more we talk about it the more the more it seems to the worse it seems to get so I wonder what my, sometimes wonder, I sometimes wonder what my extended family thinks about, you know, my Austin. I, I think, uh, I came to know, someone in my family let me know that my stepmother hates Austin. <laughs> um, and that was about 10 years ago that I found that out. And there were a few other episodes that I had with people that made me aware of this disdain. Um, I, actually, I was thinking about this. I was listening to Kai Rizdal and Molly Wood talk uh, on uh, Mark, one of Marketplace's blogs. I was listening to talk about QAnon and how QAnon is madly spreading through uh, social networking and through uh, the social networks and through the news um, and they had a guy on talking about you know how what how specifically can we fight this QAnon phenomenon and one of the things he said was investing in local news and taking our local news seriously and uh, making sure we have good people reporting the local news uh, you know when it's somebody who you know, and somebody who you can trust, then maybe you can get, you can actually get the truth and not, you know, these bizarre uh, mythological fabrications. Um, but it got me thinking, you know, even us with a podcast that only six people listen to, uh, 
we need to be more responsible about, you know, everybody needs to be vigilant. Uh, if you're recording something and if you're putting it out there, um, everybody needs to be, we all need to be fighting what's going on because it is definitely an information war out there uh, to borrow a phrase from, uh, from the nut jobs. Uh, and, and currently they're winning. They're, you know, they're definitely gaining more ground than, you know, good old sensible science, logic and reason. I'm on the logic and reason team. This QAnon thing is fascinating. It is fucking crazy is what it is. I read a great Atlantic article about it that, that broke it down for me in a way that I, I first came, became aware of it uh, on Facebook. One of my, my mom's old friends uh, post, started posting things about Q. Started, started posting haiku out of nowhere. That's, and, I, and that's when I first sort of looked into it. And I still didn't really understand it until I read that Atlantic article earlier this year that talked about the, the origin of QAnon. Um, and I think that haiku is, it's not haiku. That's, it's a terrible thing to say about haiku. <laughs> the Pizzagate incident. Yeah. Was the first really public thing that happened in that, in the Q <laughs> mythos. If I could it's give honest. yeah. If I could give it so much validation by saying that, uh, yeah, it, it's really the conspiracy theorists, uh, wet dream i mean it's it is perfect for anybody who likes to take a bunch of data points and draw a unicorn <laughs> a dot to dot unicorn out of it um it's really fascinating is this a and what you to what you were saying before i i would like to without even discussing it with you i would like to formally say that one magical hour completely uh decries the absurdity of QAnon. we uh suggest if you are following it closely and believe it in any uh fashion to have your head examined am i right yeah or, you know try to try to seek out friends who you trust who can put things into perspective for you when the internet became widely available and things like blogging and vlogging or which led to things like podcasting and Twitter and it gave the power of the people, the power of the press to the people, anyone can publish now. And I thought, what a wonderful democratizing thing that's going to happen with our world. And 20 years down the road, it has turned into a twisted dystopian nightmare because it is, it's just so decoupled critical thought with, with publication. Um, do not have the ability to discern whether what the reading is <laughs> hooey or chicanery or, or um, yeah, any, any kind of BS. <laughs> There's all kinds of BS out there. 
and you have to be able to have some critical thought with everything you read on the internet. And that's, that is, that's what we're lacking here. Right. 100%. I mean, I want to follow what's going on with QAnon just because you want to, you know, keep an eye on the nuts. Right. right. Like I've kind of followed Alex Jones a little bit over the years. Um, partially because I worked at a, uh, I worked at a post-production studio, 501 Post, uh, right after college. And we would do uh, copying of videotapes. And Alex Jones was one of our clients, uh, you know, his, his like early stuff, uh, we would, um, we would do dubs of the VHSs. And <laughs> at the time I thought, man, this guy is a nut. You know, it seemed, it seemed like a, an oddity or a curiosity. And I could never imagine that he would become <laughs> so famous. I don't want to say prominent because I don't think he's like a prominent citizen, but <clears throat> uh, but everybody knows who he is, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, I and also I always enjoyed dystopian fiction <laughs> when I was younger, until I started living in the dystopian future. Yeah, you know, this is the thing: is like if if you were reading a novel, and this is why I think it's so powerful. If you were reading a novel that involved uh, a manifestation like QAnon, it would be very entertaining. You know, the, the knowing that, you know, there's a certain amount of humor in, you know, making these jumps and having things hidden, you know, weird things hidden behind, you know, strange poetry. Like that's all, that's all entertaining fiction, which I think makes it, is why it's so successful with these people. They get excited. They want to believe it. They want to, they want to think that there's more going on in the world. It's like, it's like the desire for magic, you know, like a kid's desire to believe in, like you said before, unicorns or dragons, or, you know, the fact that abracadabra will make something happen. Like that's what's going on in, in people's heads when they get drawn into this thing. And, that's that that makes it all the more powerful to them when it, it you know in affecting their minds uh is the fact that they just want to believe it so bad and and they find it fun and comforting and entertaining uh which is you know that's just that's not what the news is supposed to be guys you know maybe you get that one story about the gorilla who adopts a kitten uh but a lot of the news is just not going to be not always going to be good and there's and it's not always going to it's not always going to be speak to you or be in your favor and you have to you have to accept that and not 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 change the news to your own to fit your own worldview that's not that's not how the world works folks um, 
I want I, I want panda bears and and gorillas who, who I don't know why I'm talking about Coco the gorilla so much here. I think that's a story that comforted me when I was a kid. Um, I want it too, but have you mentioned Coco the gorilla already? Yeah, Coco. Well, I, I mentioned that she adopted a cat. And, oh right. I, I wish, and, and I, I, I hope that. Do you remember what Coco named that cat? Coco named that cat All Ball. All Ball. Oh my God, that's so cute. Huh. Um, well, anyway, it's something to think about going forward. I don't think we're going to, this isn't a problem that you and I are going to solve, but I would like. I'm not trying to solve it. I'm really fascinated by it. I want to follow it closely and see what happens uh, to either see if Donald Trump indeed is um, like going to save us all. <laughs> or wait. I would. <laughs> they think that Trump is like the hero that's going to fight the dark forces, right? I would like for our six listeners, Grace, Adam, Manish, Sean, Dick, and Kathleen. Also, Jameson and Brian. Is Kathleen really listening to this? I don't think she is yet, but she will be. She wants to be. She just doesn't quite have the time. Uh, let those, those six listeners and two future listeners know that we will dedicate ourselves. We'll dedicate one magical hour to fighting misinformation any way we can. I think we should have like a Q corner, you know. See, I think that's amplifying the signal, man. I don't. Okay. But but just steady poking fun at it the whole time? All right, man. I mean, you know. But. Like just holding it into the light? Of All right, you're right. If you, yeah, well, it's something we can explore. I don't know. I don't know. The answer is I don't know what the best thing is to do, but we'll try to figure it out. And that's, yeah, that's the other thing I worry about is like, yeah, it, you're not, when you're not changing people's heads, like obviously I'm not worried about these eight listeners bars. And if you're not changing people's heads, then, then all you're doing is amplifying that signal. And, and like we said, like, like we were talking about before, like this message is so potent in its uh, seductiveness that Getting it out there any further is just the danger of one more person being like, oh, you know, and like we've, like you've noticed this phenomenon before. Like, have you ever like, like, like a song that, that you maybe know in your heart is really not a very good song, but it's, but you choose to like it just because it's delightfully annoying or something. And then you wake up a year later and realize that you that you like it unironically because you've listened to it so much. Like Miley Cyrus's new single. All right, yeah, that's I'm sure that that's a good example. Uh, the same thing can happen with this QAnon message, you know. You might think, oh, you know. Well, we, well, a minute ago when you were, were like painting this picture of of the Q followers as people who were enjoying it for infotainment and comfort and stuff like 
I, I hope that some of them are, <laughs> but it doesn't seem like that. It seems to me that those who are really paying attention, like, um, I, I, I guess there are people that are paying attention that are at least in the same political spectrum as the Q people. And it seems like they're more likely to get sucked into it unironically than, yeah. than we would, I suppose. Um, yeah, and you're right. That's, I'm that's viewing, a large percentage of I'm viewing it completely from the outside, like a field researcher. <laughs> like, I, like I'm studying primates. Um, so far. But I guess I could get sucked in. When I was younger, maybe I was more susceptible to a conspiracy theory. And in fact, I do like the aspect of cons conspiracy theories that it that it's sort of infotainment and it gives people a sense of it's less chaos because there's like there's this grand plan going on, right? Um, but but also so dangerous go down that road uh down that road lies madness that's definitely true I feel myself going a little crazier every day luckily we've got this podcast yeah to make sense of it all boy you said it was, what are you doing with the rest of your day? I was looking for uh, a quiz to give you. I thought I'd try to lighten things up with a quiz. That'd be good. Um, Remember when we used to go to movies? Yeah. Oh man, there's that new uh, that new movie, Tenet. Oh yeah, I hear that's good. Oh, I'm gonna just give it in advance five avocados. <laughs> I'm so about that movie. <laughs> Now, if we went to the theater and saw that, do you think you could stay awake? Five avocados unseen. I might, I might, I might be able to stay awake. That really takes away your credibility as a reviewer to be giving sight unseen avocado scores. Okay, let's see. Man, I, so I so trying to find a quiz for you. I got onto BuzzFeed quizzes. Oh, and they are bizarre. Like, choose a really fancy dinner, and we'll tell you which Disney character you're most like deep down inside. Uh, okay. There's a bunch of these. Like, what's wrong with that one? That's something right out the gate. This is a fun. Here's a here's a fun speed quiz. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you letters in order. And you give me an animal that starts with that letter. Wait, what? I'm going to give you the alphabet in order, and you give me an animal that starts with with the letter. With each letter. The letter I give you. Oh. In order. So, ready? Ready. A. Antelope. B. 
Wait, I played this with my kids. Uh, battering ram. That's not an animal. See. see. Okay, baboon. Oh, well, you already got that one wrong, dude. See. Cheshire cat. <laughs> D. Dog. E. Elephant. F. <clears throat> Fanciful bird. <laughs> G. Uh, gorilla. H. Over 40 feet high. H is um, hamburger. I. Um, isopod. I is iguana. J. I. Jaguar. Jaguar. I'm giving you isopod, by the way. K. Uh, kangaroo. All right. Uh, L. Lemming. Q or yeah. What? Um, uh, monocreme. N. Narwhal. O. Ostrich. P. Platypus, which is a monocreme. Quackenbush? <laughs> Quetzalcoatl. Uh, R. Ram. <laughs> S. Starfish. Excellent. T. <clears throat> Turtle. U. Unicorn. V. Viper. Uh, w. Walrus. X. Xylophone. Y. Yeti. I'll give it to you. And Z. Zebra. Excellent. That really wasn't bad, considering... Uh, I played that with my kids, but but in that scenario... You're just one of three, so you're every third letter. And if you're ahead of the game, like me, you, you've got a minute to think about the next letter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's much harder doing it the way you just did. So I, I'm actually impressed. Uh, you missed six of them. So you came in 20, um, 20 correct, six, six incorrect. Not, not bad at all. Well, I like quiz games. We got to get more quizzes on this podcast. Yeah, we should probably find them before, like trying to find them while while the cast is going on. Just not. Don't waste your time. Although I think that that, that actually worked pretty well. Um, it's great because the audience can play along. You know, they'll be like, they'll be yelling into their car radio. Like, oh, ah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, you bad monkey. Huh? Why didn't you just say monkey? Ah! <laughs> I'm sure that all of our listeners will be <coughs> absolutely screaming at their radio sets. Oh, they're going insane right now. Orangutan! Yeah. 
<laughs> isopod. <laughs> is isopod not an animal? Is that more of a... <laughs> I don't know. I decided it was creative enough that I gave it to you. Like an animal. Oh, but isopod is an order of crustaceans that includes wood lice. Isopods are scary looking. Yeah, they are. This track is called Delusion of Grandeur. A little bit of forward promo for you guys. Next episode, we'll explore the internet question, can you eat an isopod? <laughs> so, I, bet, I, bet they're, I bet they're delicious. We'll find out next time on the Magical Hour. Well, Shapey, I hope you have a lovely day. Yes, sir, you too. It's always, always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, and, you know, for, for our listeners out there, I hope you realize that we won't get bogged down in internet conspiracy theories every episode. I'm going to talk about QAnon every episode. <laughs> well, remember our motto. Like, maybe I'm Q. <laughs> you never know. Maybe this is just another channel, which I've taken. Forward promo, the next episode of One Magic Larry is Matthew Q. I mean, think about it. Q, R, P, I'm rampy. <laughs> oh, Chuck. Oh, God. Oh, God. All right. Uh, remember, everyone, the poorer the choices. The sweeter the wine. <laughs>